Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Ghost in the Shell, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we typically talk about games, but we sometimes talk about movies, and today is a movies episode. Well, it's a little bit of a TV episode, I guess, as well, because I haven't watched the anime, but you've watched the anime. Yeah, um, in, the, in the run-up to this, I watched... Both seasons of the original and of Standalone Complex. Okay. The TV movie that follows has a follow-up to that. Um, the two television movies. And I read the first two mangas, but it, they're, they're so dense I couldn't get through the third one. Uh, I read one 1.5 and just couldn't... Could, I was done with it by that point. Fair um, enough. Um, and you have done nothing, right? Zero like, things. I have okay. zero experience with Ghost in the Shell besides Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, so so you know, I, I watched the first part of the anime and the first movie back when I was in high school, and I they really captured me, and so I wanted to revisit it for this movie, um, and I thought it would be great to have you uh, view this movie with, with no experience, we, we could compare experiences. So, right off the bat, what do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, you. Yeah. I have I have I have a tough time with bad, but like it's not it's not awful. Right, it's not god awful. It's not. Eh, it's actually kind of about Suicide Squad level, though. The Ghost in the Shell's flaws are a little more sprinkled over everything. It's kind of just like universally flawed, whereas like Suicide Squad has these like gaping, gaping mortal wounds. Right, like just like it gets a zero out of whatever for for editing, and that brings everything down, so to speak. Right, like I don't think Ghost in the Shell but is a twelve quite out of ten for costumes. Bad. Right. A 12, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Academy Award winning <laughs> the Suicide Squad film. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's interesting. I also thought this movie was pretty bad, but for what I presume are going to be a different set of reasons, because this movie seemed to miss a lot of what I think Ghost in the Shell is about. I imagine um, that that was going to be the answer that you were going to walk in with, actually. I'm a little surprised. Um but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I imagined, uh, uh, I imagined because I could definitely tell as soon as it, oh, so okay. Before we get into any of this stuff, right? Going forward, spoilers. Yes. Uh, we are going to be talking about a whole hell of a lot of Ghost in the Shell spoilers. It's going to be great. Uh, but uh, if you if you have any intention on going to see this movie, I don't recommend it. I would say skip it. Right. If you, uh, if you have a huge hard-on for this kind of thing, red box it or whatever, right? Like, it's just like... And this yeah. is coming from me, right? This is not worth your $12. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... it's. So, I actually I actually went and saw this in, like, a special Dolby, Dolby mm. um, theater, and that was pretty cool. And the visuals and the... Uh, or I, don't, I didn't think the music was that great, but the visuals were pretty stunning, so if you are the type of person who cares about that type type of technical detail, it might be worth seeing as as a curiosity in the in, in that way. But uh, I I also would not or, or and if you're a big fan of the show, and you want to see how he would screw up the show or screw up the uh, kind of the source material as kind of Schadenfreude, I guess I could recommend it for that. But I, I also agree, don't. Don't spend your money unless unless you're like super really into graphics and you don't care about the story at all. Yeah, see, even from that graphics perspective, I have a I have a tough time with it. Like, like in a weird way, maybe I could say if you're really into like VFX, 
right? But it's not like this was like a visually splendid, spectacular movie, right? Like, they, and this is kind of what this is kind of what um, you know, like Ghost in the Shell should be something of like an easy sell for me. I really like fighting for kind of flawed, interesting blockbusters that are doing things that are kind of like against against the grain, right? And so you know, um, <clears throat> what's a good example of this? Uh, the the kind of understated art house nature that kind of made Assassin's Creed problematic, right? Like, I'll fight for Assassin's Creed because I really like that, right? And I think that that's cool and that's interesting. It's not something I'm seeing anywhere else and I'm willing to kind of, like, go to bat for a movie over this kind of thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, right? Like, look at any of the movies that I ever defend or that I am, like, famous for liking, right? It is very much defined by that characteristic, right? It's unique and it's interesting. It's something I'm not seeing anywhere else. Uh, but Ghost in the Shell has none of that stuff. It is the thinnest... Um, kind of movie that just has nothing to latch on to, which is what which is what kills me about it. Because I think that there's a lot of stuff that could have I really could have gotten like into and latched on to and been like, oh yeah, I know, I know everyone says it's bad, but this one thing is the thing that I like and this is the thing that I think makes it worthwhile. But it just doesn't have that. It just doesn't. Its themes are thin. Its characters are thin. The story is thin. The visuals are thin. Right? Like maybe the only thing you can sell me on is is are those VFX. And even even then, I think that there are better flawed movies. Right? Like anything done. Any of the bad movies that have come out from the fucking... What's that guy's name? Um, uh, Neil Blomkamp, right? His movies do this aesthetic better, right? Dude, the fucking... The Total Recall remake, which was not a very good movie, did these did these visuals and this aesthetic better. Ah, oh, God, it kills you, me. You think it did cyberpunk better? Like, yeah. I actually thought that the, the, this, this, this movie hit the, hit the cyberpunk really well in a way that that's, it's, that's actually kind of hard to find that you only see in, like... I don't know, like Blade Runner. The and thing that I think it misses is, well, I think it misses two things. Uh, the first is, is that it never engages with its own world building in, in a kind of like very like tangible way. You get, you get snippets of it, right? Um, that's a good example of this. A little bit at the end with the lawless zone, right? Um, yeah. You get it a little bit in, um, you get it a little bit in the whole thing with the the garbage truck drivers and their, you know, like. And oh their... my God! Oh, do we, do, can we talk? Let's let's talk about the garbage truck drivers because okay. this is this is important because the garbage truck drivers are a scene from the manga. Oh, they're a scene from the movie, uh, the 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 original movie, mm -hmm. and they screwed it up. And and the falling scene, the the one where she chases him through like that alley and then beats him up on the waterfront. Right. That is a shot-for-shot shot remake of a scene from the, the original animated movie. Um, and I appreciated it from that perspective, but they, 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 like, it is the perfect example to me of, of how they so bungled the source material. Um, so so just, just by way of explanation for our listeners and for you, since you haven't seen it, in the original, um, in both of the originals, um, they, they're slightly different contexts, but essentially... Um, What's happening is is there is somebody somebody's brain is being hacked and they can't figure out who it is and they pick up on like this that, that's that's this garbage truck driver on a garbage route and the motivation there for him to be he's essentially making these hacks from phones from pay phones okay. and his motivation is that his wife has left him suddenly and he suspects she's cheating or something and 
Um, and so he's trying to dig up dirt on her because some guy in a bar overheard me and told me how to do this, right? Because he, he took pity on me. Um, and that's, and, uh, and you know, and so that all happens. And when the cops show up, um, it's actually pretty, pretty neat. Cause it kind of goes into a little bit of like the, the internet connected to the size. He gets a call from like his boss asking why the police are asking about him. And so he's like, oh shit, I have to go tell the guy who helped me that they're onto us. Okay. Right. And so, um, he, the, 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 they, there's a chase. And then the guy who helped him is the one that ends up getting chased and being beaten out on the waterfront. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the, like in, in the, in the 2017 movie, the false imprint of his wife and child are not like, there's no purpose to it, right? They're not doing anything, but it's like, it is a means to an end in, um, in, in the original movie and in the manga, right? Like this is how they set up the flunky to do the thing for him is they implant these false memories. And I, another part of this um, is that uh, it's kind of treated as like a, this, we've never seen this before. Um, and they do this with, with the major too. Like the major is, um, uh, the major is like the first of her kind mm-hmm. in, 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 in the, in, in all the other, all the other source material. Um, uh, it, it's kind of like this process of like modifying somebody's memories is, is actually kind of, it's not treated as exceptional. It's treated as kind of commonplace and there's still, there's no cure for it, but you know, there's like, this is a thing that we have to deal with in this society. Similarly, the major, the major state of the art and she's top of the line, but she's not anything that's, she, she's not like special, right? Like she's not like the one she's very good at her job. And she, she's kind of like, kind of like how, uh, like, like James Bond, okay. right? Like she's, she's great at what she does, but she's not like this kind of like, gateway into a new era type thing and um as a result she's less like she's also not as um kind of kind of like stuck on herself right she's always very confident but that, that that's a whole other set of complaints but just kind of like the the thing that always that that that, I, that drives me from or or that, that that uh really excites me about the gets universe um is that it's kind of like these stories taking place in this established world where this is all normal and this movie goes and kind of misses that by making all of these things that happen exceptional actions. Um, and I think that's, this is really well wrapped up in this, um, garbage truck story and in kind of this bungling of, of, of the little, the little, the little details that are, that are frankly kind of important for that story to make sense, but they, but that they cut out. Um, that makes so much fucking sense. It's it's unreal. Part well, so it makes it makes sense from a, for, for a couple of different reasons. Um, part of what frustrates me about this movie is that it try. It, it, so this is a criticism that gets levied at Deus Ex: Human Revolution, also Mankind Divided, for what it's worth. Um, but I think it's a little unfair in those cases. And uh, but but where it is fair is Bioshock Infinite, where it's kind of a, a story that is pretending that it's about one thing. But it's not. All of the... It doesn't... It, it, it is... All of that stuff that it's pretending to be deep about is very shallow, right? Bioshock Infinite doesn't really have a lot to say about racism, right? Even though that whole... You know, or, or like, you know, American exceptional, uh, exceptionalism, right? Like, it, it's all about that stuff. But it doesn't really get a... There's not a big deep dive into it, right? Like, you don't grapple with it in a, in a real way uh, or, or move through the world um, in a real way because of it, kind of because it's up its own head, 
or asks about uh, this kind of like time travel, you know, shenanigans, and it's too rooted in its own continuity with the original Bioshock to like really break free and be its own thing. And and Ghost of the Shell feels the exact same way to me, right? Like all of this cyberpunk stuff, all of this, you know, <coughs> kind of. Um, you know, oh, how human is human? What happens when you augment yourself, right? Like, all of those kinds of questions are just flat out not dealt with in any kind of real way. Uh, it is much more about this kind of weird, you know, like, the plot, the, and, and, and this is kind of a problem of, like, it wants to condense a full TV show-ish, right, into a single movie, which is going to be just tough no matter how you slice that, right? Um, and, uh, and on top of that, right, like, it is, it is adopting a neo-noir plot, which is going to be complicated and contradictory and just really confusing, like, to get out in the first place. And so it, it ends up having to strip out all of this stuff in order to just be comprehensible, which it was, right? Like, I was never led astray. I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, but it also meant that all of this stuff is, is you know, all of this stuff is thin. And all of this stuff is kind of nothing. Um, it doesn't actually make any kinds of, like, you know, like I actually was, was kind of into it for a second with this prison thing of, you know, or sorry, with this interrogation scene of like, these are imprinted memories. They're false, right? Like, or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually really interesting. How does the law deal with this, right? Like, how do you, you know, in this, how does this society, right, like, work with that? Like, yeah, maybe the, maybe philosophically there actually is something to this movie. Nope, right? They just, you know, yeah. they just leave that completely hanging. They don't deal with it at all. Um, oh, man, it is, it is, it is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted yeah. this. I really wanted it to be better than this. Uh, I, I did too. I, like to, to the movie's credit, I think that it started to bring me back a little bit in the second half. I I, I think the first half by far is is, is the worst part of the. Of oh, the movie. really? See, I think the first twenty minutes are pretty solid. Actually, I was uh, actually really on board for the first twenty minutes, and then the plot kicked in, and I was like, "Whoa, what the f what the fuck so, are you doing?" Right? Like, so I so. This is gonna be a this is gonna be kind of like a fanboy thing, but the first twenty minutes was full of me being like I can't believe they got it this wrong, um for me like like that so so that scene with the with the geishas right like this is a super iconic scene, um it's like a combination of like three scenes one from the manga one from, uh the first series of the anime one from the mm -hmm. second movie, um and what the scene does in, in the first in the first series um. By, by the way, for anybody listening at home who hasn't watched any of this, I recommend um, the standalone complex to series um, if, if you want to see it. It's, it's great. Um, but uh, the the in the first series, it's kind of it's it's all instead of like essentially in the scene, Scarlett Johansson or the major goes Rambo. Um, and in the in the show, it's actually they, they set it up and it's they all like take out their targets at the same time. It's about how how close their team cohesion is, right? Like the, the minute, um, the, the minute Aramaki is like, I told you not to jump. I'm like, what, what, like the majors not like that. Like it, it aggravates me because it's, it's not what these characters are, right? Like, like there's okay. a certain, there's a certain like 
baseness like there's, there's all these characters have these these base attributes that are that are there were one things that are that are like consistent through all the iterations mm-hmm. of this uh, of 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 this uh, concept is that the characters are all kind of um sim- the the same like there's there's differences but they they kind of hold the same bits and I think that they I think they did Bateau and um, Ishka I think his name is uh, excuse me if my pronunciations are off I think they did those two characters pretty all right. I liked Bateau a lot. I thought he was yeah. kind of the only. Um, I so they, they did those right, but the major is like too trapped in herself and is, isn't like being a badass. Tokusa isn't like on screen at all, and he's usually like the third. He's like the third main character in in, in everything. Um, he's he's the um the the Chinese guy. Um, okay, yeah, I love uh, that the, actor by the way. He's been in a ton of stuff. I think he's great. Um, Chin Chan. Or whatever I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and um, and also Aram- Aramaki. Aramaki was like close, but he's he was uh, that that's the leader. He was at the end of the like. So so he, he's he's too much of a badass in this movie. Um, like he's always kind of like the mastermind, like that that and, and he's also like a super hard ass about like following the law. And whatever, and so that last scene where he just shoots the dude is just like so, so off, 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 like what it, what his character typically is that it, that it just like, uh, it it it, uh, it, it hurt me. Um, okay. I, I, um. Also, you know, not that it's a huge deal, but they put in Saito for like literally a second to shoot the fucking helicopter. Yeah, I don't know why they bothered. Weird. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I actually so I have a couple of like production thoughts about this movie like what would i change in the production order to make this movie better um and it's a tough and it's a tough question right um i mean we'll just so like there's the whole whitewashing thing right yeah um which i do think you know like i think whitewashing is a thing i think whitewashing is a problem i don't like it uh in general but i also understand why it exists and i don't really you know like i don't attack i'm not gonna attack scarlett johansson right this movie doesn't get made without scarlett johansson i you know to me the the bad guys are kind of the 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 like old you know like the 60 plus executives who think that you know unless you're scarlett johansson emily blunt maybe you know Charlize theron right like any one of maybe like four angelina jolie maybe right like i don't even know if that one would hold up kind of thing like you cannot you know like you just can't have a woman anchor your action movie right that's just an impossibility um along those uh uh along those lines right um and so, uh, but I also think that they made, like, first of all, the whole reveal at the end that she's actually an Asian woman in a white woman's body, in, like, Scarlett Johansson's body. And I was sitting there, and I was like, holy fuck, who thought of this? How? That person should have been so fired, right? Because it totally works, like, <laughs> you know, like, even if someone's willing to forgive you the whitewashing thing, right? Like... They literally made that happen in the movie, and I was just sitting there like, "How do? How are you this stupid?" Um, 
but anyway, all of that kind of stuff aside, I think that the movie being anchored around the major as this kind of main character who drives everything and is protagonist status is probably the biggest and easiest correctable flaw, right? It really feels to me that this movie should have been much more of a kind of team heist movie. Yes. But like the op- like the anti-heist movie, I guess, like a, like a cop cops and robbers ish kind of movie and it's built on the team right i think you could have sold me on that movie much easier i think that movie would have been much better than uh uh, i I actually i i agree with you 100 percent, and and i'm gonna like so i actually liked kuze um he's he's a character from the second season of the anime um his motivations are slightly different but the plot of essentially like you know man finds out his memories are all fake and then kind of goes on a rampage of revenge, um, and Section 9 kind of has to deal with, at first, him, and then the potential fallout with whatever government agencies is actually pulling the strings behind the scene. That is pure ghost in the shell, right? Like, like if you cut the ties to the major, and you make this about the team dealing with this, and you kind of do a little bit deeper exploration about, like, why Kuze is the way he is, mm. I think you've got a great, like, you've got a great ghost in the shell movie, right? Like, in, in the sense that it, like, it fits what the what the original's about and you, and you can do these little tie-ins and if you if you pull it away from the major's kind of like self i don't know self uh loathing almost then i think i think the movie works a lot better and i think you put that on kuze and and you make him you make him kind of a tragic villain which i think this works a lot better on um and i i i i just absolutely agree with you i, I think that um, making this a team heist and then ma- making kind of like the deeper character, like, you know, essentially you make the the bits about Kuze and you kind of explain who he is and then you have everybody talk about it. And then like, like, I, I can tell you how this would go in like an episode of the anime or like uh, a chapter in the manga, mm-hmm. right? They they do like they they find out that these the, the first part of the movie happens most the same way. They have the interaction with, with Kuze for what uh, the majors Instead of the major letting him go, right, like, there's there's some other contrivance, right, like, she's stuck behind something or whatever, um, they, they, uh, they, they, in the process of hunting him down, they also go on the, on the back end and figure out what's happening with, with, with Hanka and the government, and then, at the end of the movie, instead of, uh, instead of the, instead of shooting him, Aramaki walks in with, like, a dozen soldiers and arrests him, because that's, that's, that's always what happens, and maybe the guy, like, shoots himself so you can have your, your, your grand moment where he falls in the water and you've got your pretty visuals. Um, and I think, I think, I think that's like the framework for what kind of this movie wants to be. Yeah. And, and then like moving it away from like, like you could have like 90% of these same scenes, but just replace the major with Kuze. Um, and like, as like some sort of, you know, some sort of bring fucking Ishikiwa in more and have him like do do brain dives on on Kuze instead of having him just be like the the token black guy on the team. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, th- this is something I wanted to ask you because how many uh, can you can you tell me who the people on the team are even if you can't remember their names? Uh, so I know Saito say something. He's the sniper, right? Um, Bato. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't know what function on the team he has. I don't know what function on the team the major really has. And then the other two, there's a third one too, right? Isn't there another chick on the team? There's, there's, yes. <laughs> I want to say it's six people deep, right? 
there's the sniper and then five other people that do do things I don't I don't know about. There's oh there's the guy you know there's the guy who gets an augment for his fucking kidneys or whatever. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so this is great because there's so in it, it's funny because in in the in in all the iterations, um, there's two characters, Paz and Boma, um, who never get any screen time at all. Um, Paz was not in this movie. It appears to be related. Uh, she appears to have been replaced with the second female character. Boma's in this movie. Like I saw him in the credits, and I occasionally would see like a seventh body floating around in the background. But he's like nowhere. Like he's 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 he looks kind of like Bateau, but like he's got like red eyes instead of silver ones. At least in in the in the um other adaptations, okay. it's just crazy. Like how how much like like I just thought it was hilarious that they bothered to cast the guy and didn't even like put him on. Yeah, camera. I have a feeling um, that uh, this movie kind of ran out of its budget. I think it's hard to do what we're suggesting and hire a bunch of like hardcore name actors in order to get there, right? Like you need to be making yeah. Marvel money, right? You know, and you need to be making a billion dollars guaranteed. I mean, this is how, right? I mean, this is how uh, Warner Brothers bankrolled the DC Comics franchise, and even then, and, and Marvel did this too, right, to their credit, right? And even then, they just hired a whole bunch of nobodies and gave them enough big movies that had enough that had enough kind of hype beforehand to get them into the public conscience. Nobody knew who Henry Cavill was before Superman. Nobody knew who Chris Evans was. Maybe Chris Hemsworth, like, a tiny little bit, but Thor was part of a big triumvirate of movies that were coming out. The only named people in either of these franchises were Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Affleck really at the end of the day right? right Ezra Klein had a great turn in an indie movie Gal or Gal Gadot made a big splash in the Fast and the Furious in the Fast and the Furious movies kind of a thing but you really can only get here if you like build your stars up as like a as a as a studio almost to get into like this point where you can pay them the big bucks and then you know your movie's gonna be making a billion dollars or whatever and so they were like you know what we're just gonna spend all of our money on you know, we're just going to spend all of our money on graphics, right? On the VFX for this film. And then hire cheap TV actors, essentially, um, in order to fill in the, you know, in order to fill in the gaps. Uh, we'll just, like, bank the whole thing on, on Scarlett Johansson. Um, and uh, yeah. and so, you know, like, I don't know. And, and you know what's funny, too, is I think you could have, you could, I, I bet you could put together a bunch of, you know, TV actors who could carry a, a carry kind of like a team ish heist movie along these lines like this you just kind of can't do it when you have to pay Scarlett Johansson's you know paycheck right um, yeah yeah no ab ab absolutely um, yeah, yeah I mean it sucks I really liked Bato and I wanted more from Bato because I thought he was great and I thought some of the best moments in the film were Bato moments, right? Like, I liked the thing where, oh, I know where she is. She's, you know, fucking scuba diving or whatever, and he's hanging out drinking a beer uh, in, like, the fishing boat, and they have their little conversation. That was pretty great. Um, I think the uh, the part where he has to get eyes, uh, I, I thought it was a little bit of a missed opportunity, to be honest, but I thought it was solid enough on its own merits. Um I don't know. I liked I liked Bato a lot. Yeah. I really just wish there was more. I mean, God, the major just felt so fucking thin. She just had like really yeah. nothing to nothing to kind of like do, and I was just like, why are we spending all of this time with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so like Bato getting his eyes was like 
this is another kind of point in the, like the movie doesn't understand that all of this is like the, the movie universe or the movie doesn't understand that in the universe, it's supposed to all be kind of normal. And like, like, so his, his backstory and the other things is he's like a ranger and he had those as part of kind of like routine military service. And and I can forget, like, like, you know, I don't think that's enough of a departure for me to really get angry about it. I think they did it, handled it fine in the movie. Um, just kind of like another thing on uh-huh. that pile. Um, uh, but like, so, so just, just to kind of break it down for you. So you understand like kind of what this is supposed to be. The major is supposed to kind of be like, like the badass, but she's also kind of a lone wolf. Bateau is, is in many ways kind of like the second in command. And he, he, he's, he's also a little bit more direct, a little bit more brash. He's also a little bit more like human, both in the fact that he's not as cyberized as the major and also like a little bit more emotional, right? Like there's this constant um tension like this this weird like weird sexual tension between the major and bateau that that never kind of gets closed and i think that's kind of good like i I think it's played well i think it's even played well in this movie Um, yeah i was fine with that uh, i actually really am a huge fan of movies with no romance uh, partially because i just don't find romance all that compelling in action movies like this one um yeah i mean well okay so not as its own kind of subplot i like it as like a character trait like i like when a character you know uh, a good example of this wait let me think of a better example of this because you're gonna well the, the example that came to my mind predictably is is batman amy adams superman. in batman versus superman i like that lois lane and clark kent are together right there's no there's there's no plot there but it gives his character some dimension her character some dimension gives them some motivation why they're working together helping each other right it gives you that scene in the bathtub that just shows you how much clark wants to be a carefree guy not thinking about all of these responsibilities that everyone else in the world is thinking about right like so i think that's you know like i think that's where romance has a good place in an action movie like this um but i dislike it in a kind of like um this is a yeah, you know, I mean, this type. happened all the time in the, in the fucking '90s, right? All of these '90 move, '90s movies had, you know, like, oh, they, they, you know, it's we're doing the honeymooners, but, you know, in 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 our movie, they don't like each other, but then at the end, they they go oh, kiss me, you fool, kind of a thing. I mean, to be honest with you, even though I really like the dynamic a lot in Man of Steel, the you know, in Man of Steel, right? I think it falls into this trap a bit, right? Um, because uh, that, yep. like the, you know, people criticize this, right? But that, like, kiss that they have at the very end is so fucking shoehorned, um, and it's just really in the wrong place uh, for for the structure of that movie. And it's entirely because of this thinking of like romance stuff in in movies. So I was very glad that it wasn't in there, right? And I like that you know Bato and the major are kind of bros uh, along these lines. I was actually kind of I was actually kind yep. of. Um, um, like I like in a weird way, I kind of like the idea. I don't know what the team dynamic looks like, but the major very much feels like Wolverine almost to me. And I thought that they were missing that kind of Cyclops character. Maybe he was supposed to be whatever that. Yeah. So you know what? That that actually makes a lot of sense. If we, if we want to do this in terms of X Men, like like the, like Bateau is definitely kind of more. Maybe that's more. So 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 like th- that definitely holds right. Like Major is definitely the Wolverine. Um, Aramaki is definitely Professor X. Um, I think kind of in a shared space, Bateau and Togusa um, kind of share the Cyclops role. Like, so Togusa's big thing is that he's got very few cyber enhancements. He's got like minor brain modifications and that's it. Um, and he also uses a revolver. 
um, instead of an, a semi-automatic weapon, which they showed him having, but they put the focus on Aramaki's revolver, and I was like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's... And it's... And he's also, like, the investigator, right? Like, he's the one that kind of always has the aha moments and is like, oh, this is what's happened um, type of moments. And and in some of the later stuff, it's kind of implied that he maybe he's, like, the, the next guy to... To, to, to lead the organization when Aramaki steps down. And then everybody else is kind of support, like Saito's the sniper. Um, Ishikawa is um, is kind of like the information specialist. He does a lot of, like, um, like uh, mm-hmm. tech stuff and, and, and diving. Um, and, like, and Paz and Boma are kind of like the other the other characters. Um, it's, you know, they have roles theoretically, like Paz is a former Yakuza and Boma's, um, like explosive expert, but that that rarely ever comes up. But like that that kind of core trinity of, um, of Bato Togusa, and uh, the major kind of backed by Aramaki drives a lot of of the plots. And I, I I think that you didn't have to do a whole ensemble for this. I think you could have focused on the three of them, and maybe given nods to the other the other people, and you and you could have done this a lot better. I wanted to see more of Togusa in the first place. He gets like two yeah, scenes, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Oh man, it is such a and you know, and it sucks because um I'm not even a big anime guy, but I like you know, I like it when um uh you know, I kind of like it when Hollywood goes outside of its comfort zone a little bit to try and like catch the next big thing. Right. And and you know, a lot of the times, you know, I think a lot of the times it whiffs, right, this movie. Dragon Ball Evolution is another version of this from eight years ago at this point. Um Um uh, but uh you know, because, like, I do want to see, you know, like, I think it would be cool to have, you know, uh, like, an Attack on Titan or whatever movie come out. Or a, uh, I don't know, what are other big famous animes? Evangelion, they're kind of the same thing. Uh, Evangelion movie come, you know, come out and make big waves and be what, you know, what all the kids are putting their kind of, like, time and money into. But, I, I, I you know, I think that it's hard. One of the things that superhero movies figured out pretty quick right not not as quick as they should have um but was that like you don't try and recreate a storyline you try and like distill you know like a story you know so like the dark knight is kind of a distillation of some aspects of the long halloween right or like or like batman begins right is it's it's uh you know it's reducing batman year one parts of batman the long halloween kind of to their component parts um, and reassembling them in a way that makes sense for the kind of time frame. Something that it felt like they got killed by... Oh, geez, that was weird. Sorry, that was a super awkward burp, I guess. <laughs> um, something that it felt like got killed in this movie was they tried to take the, the anime and sh- sh- condense it like, like there was probably one too many action scenes and there wasn't enough setup in order to get you know, like, in order to get me in there, um, in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, like, it, it does, it kind of does this thing where, where, like, the, the breakdown, the constituent parts, but, like, it, it doesn't, like, break them down quite right, um, in a lot of ways, right? Like, like, even, like, little things, like, at the, it's, it's at the end of the, um, uh, the end of the geisha scene, when the thing says, please don't kill us, and its face pops open, that's directly from um, the opening of, of Innocence, the second animated movie. Um, 
but like it it doesn't fit because there's no reason for the robot to be saying please don't kill me like that's a plot point in innocence it's not a plot point in in this movie at all it's just kind of like a thing i guess to be like haha that was like innocence recognize that fans yeah. of the anime like like it, it's it, it feels like it, like you know I, i've, I've I kind of said this before it, it feels like they kind of like they they, they 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 got wrong what like they, they got they, they got wrong what makes ghost of the shell ghost of the shell and they kind of put together the wrong pieces um which is uh, it, it's just a shame I'm I'm I am I, I'm, I'm angrier at this movie because I can see the good movie inside yeah. of it right I could see the movie I, I could see the movie I want out of this movie in it and, it, and it's relatively close I I think it just needs it needed to not be all of this. Um, it just not uh, all of. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't need, ah. Hell, this movie would have made more sense if they made the major a Russian refugee whose mind got stolen and put in the body of a Japanese woman, right? Like that would have made sense in the in 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 universe. Is there like, something about Russia in the universe? <sighs> Oh, um, they're, they're just, they're relatively close by. So there's, there's plot points there. The whole second season, the whole second season is about, they're they're called, I think they're supposed to be North Korean refugees, but they're refugees and how the refugees in this one zone kind of like, it's actually oddly prescient if, if you go watch the second season of the anime, because it's about, um, tensions between refugees and like the native population. Um, and the, the refugees at one point try and essentially try and declare a separate state, um, but like, like, like all of these kind of plot lines could could fit in there, right? Like, but like it's it's they just chose such a weird way to do it. And I, you know, I'm I'm not against like the like I actually thought it was kind of neat the way they did the, the that like this this city in Japan is um is effectively like like uh, it, it's a post racial right. society, right? Like there there's um I thought that was I, I thought that was neat in concept. I understand that like the the kind of politics of the present have have uh, c- causes problems for that but like i i think in kind of like a uh outside of time worldview that's a neat thing to do to just kind of be like oh we're like it's it's funny because um i forget which of the of the pieces of of fiction but one of the intros of the like the, the intro scrolls like you know in the near future where you know society's advanced enough for all these things to be normal but not so far as that um, that we've broken down all barriers of race and uh, uh, race and, and, and nation, right? And then they and, and so you know they took the step back with the level of technology, but they did take the step forward with with kind of like the 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 the, the countrywide separation stuff, which I which I think is fine. I don't think that stuff's yeah. Um, I mean super, that's something that's super critical. Uh, that, that's kind of universe. what Deus Ex Mankind Divided is a lot about, right? Like you know that that movie is pretty racially agnostic. But, like, in a way, part of the part, well, so part of the question of that game is a little bit of like humans are naturally prejudiced towards the other. There's no escaping that, right? But part of it is just like now that we've found a new way, right? Like a new way, a new axis that we can divide our society on, it reopens the kind of cycle of discrimination that we've been through before but because people are augmented you know because the question is whether or not somebody is augmented right um 
you know, like it's it's like it's fair game now, right? Like you can have segregation, you can have apartheid because now it's about augments instead of about race. If that makes sense. And I think the, and that's, and you know, uh, how well that it handles that. I actually never finished the game, but how well it handles that kind of stuff is kind of like whatever up for debate. I think it does okay, if not amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, like, like that's definitely something that I'm like, that I'm like into and I'm kind of with it or whatever. Um, and I also thought it was, a, it was a little weird that there, it was the, the, that it was so filled with kind of Japanese, like icon, iconography and culture. Uh, and I can't quite tell if that was because it's like, like, I don't know. I can't quite tell if it's because it's it's a little bit of a uh, uh, of like a fanboy nod thing. I'm used to fusions of this stuff, right? Um, where you know you have Los Angeles and Blade Runner, right? But there's a ton of Asian immigrants and there's a lot of Asian culture injected into that into that society, right? He's eating noodles with chopsticks off of a cart. Or whatever, um, right? Or like San Francisco in yeah, that Hero yeah, 6. exactly, right? That is a wonderful, a wonderful analogy to what I'm kind of describing. But this is just kind of like, well, why is I I don't know. It was why is everything why is it, so well, Japanese? It was also a little bit of like, why is everything so Japanese, and why are we making a point of it being so Japanese because of the Japanese mother and all of this Japanese culture around it? But like Scarlett Johansson is white. The head of Hanka is white. The main scientists in Hanka were were all white. It was very. It was just like it was weird because the movie. Hell, hell the, the 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 opening scene diplomat is is like an African yeah, dude, right? And then like. there, and you know, and then there's I can't even, you mentioned them a million times, but like the 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 team leader, the mastermind guy, right? All of his dialogue is in fucking oh, Japanese, lucky, yeah. right? And I was just like, why are you drawing so much attention to all of this, only to like. I was just so weird. And I don't know that I quite think of it as, like, a bad thing in a way. It was just, like, off-putting and bizarre yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. No, I... I Like, on, on that kind of note, like, I actually really liked the the, the dub. Um, and I really liked Aramaki's voice actor. So, it kind of... It threw me off, too. Obviously, it wasn't going to be the same because it was going to be a different guy. But... It was just kind of like, oh, he sounds so much different than what I. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like. thought I thought that was uh. so. I like, okay, I thought it was cool, right? And I was actually pretty into it. I liked the, uh, um, you know, that they kind of stuck to the language, as necessary. Um, but uh, it was the the thing that the thing that is weird to me about it is just how much attention gets drawn to details like that. Only to like it, it like yeah. you know so. You know, it would it would have been cool if like literally everybody on the team was speaking in a different language except for like maybe Bateau and the major because they're the main talkers yeah. in the movie, and you need and you need them to be in English. But you could have you could have had Tokusa be Chinese and have him speak Chinese. You could have you, you could have you could have done all these different things if you wanted it to really be about like, you know, super uh, you know super future tech because yeah, you, you know, have that, that you have really, like, you, you know you have some form of universal translator implanted in your ear right you say something about oh we all have this like ear augment in order to like you know communicate right well, like, i mean that's that's implied by uh, by aramaki by the, by the fact that aramaki's talking japanese exactly right him. um and and you can go the other way too to a certain extent where everything is post you know like where everything is post-racial right and it is this big amalgam of different cultures right and aramaki you know like the Aramaki speaking Japanese and all of this Japanese culture that goes into, you know, what ends up later with, uh, 
uh, ScarJo's character and everything like that, right? Like, all of that is in a backdrop of other stuff, you know? You know, like, they're eating falafel, right? Or what? you know, like, or whatever else. Um, and, and there are a lot of different cultural signifiers, and it is telling you, right, like, it is telling you, yes, this is a, this is a post-racial society with a vast majority, you know, with a, with a variety of different cultures all living kind of harmoniously, right? That would have been at least congruous. This was so not that. I don't know. It was just so weird. It, you know, like, because I think I might be willing to kind of forgive the whitewashing complaints to a certain extent. Like, if the movie is about this kind of post-racialism and it wants to almost make a metaphor for itself in, so in that sense... Um, Maybe I'm willing to kind of say, well, hey, well, listen, right? Like, yeah, they could have cast a Japanese actress and maybe they kind of, you know, should uh, should have or whatever. But this society is clearly pretty, you know, is, is clearly pretty post-racial. And so they're making a certain point about how, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you can at least have that argument. But everything is so fucking Japanese that it's like, why didn't they make a Japanese version of her to put her in? They built her whole body from scratch. Like, you, you can... You can literally lift a plot from the series where um, it's actually it's it's kind of like the the meta plot or, or part of the meta plot of the of the second season, um, where like somebody wants to like make sure that like the the the, the ruling party is all like pure blooded Japanese people, right? Like you can lift that plot from the anime and do that story if you want. Like uh, it's it's it, it, it puzzles because this this was this was also like. The plot itself was was kind of just like a like a half baked version of a bunch of different ideas. Um, one of the thing, one of the 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 bigger plots that I always kind of really liked is it's actually kind of what drew me into the series in the first place. Is usually there is this kind of exploration of like what it means to be human. Um, in like the plot of the first movie is or part of it is that there's one of there is a consciousness that's kind of arise uh, 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 arisen kind of organically from the network. Um, and it and it, it's, okay. it's 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 not like a person, right? And and up until this, mm -hmm. that is exceptional, right? Like up until this point, everybody like the, uh, everybody's everybody has a ghost, and you can't replicate that. Um, By the way, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and and like you know, like uh, th this was something that, that that drove me crazy about the movie too. Is like we built you a shell, and then we put your ghost in it. Oh, oh it's yeah, a ghost I hated in the, ghost in the and shell. Get it. <laughs> And they kept saying the word ghost, and I was just like, oh, the, it was like, it was like sandpaper on my eardrums, yeah, I mean, right? Like, I just couldn't. So, so uh, like, the concept kind of makes, like, like in-universe, in the concept of the ghost kind of being this, this separate entity makes makes sense, but it's also not used in, like, it, it's kind of, like, it, brashly as, as it is in this. And mm -hmm. especially when you set the tone with, like, we put the ghost in the shell. Get it, guys? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually thought, well, so, I very much like that concept um, that you're uh, that you're describing. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if it, uh, no, you know what it is, is, uh, this actually comes from, uh, my, my screenplay that I wrote in college incorporates this kind of, that kind of thing, where, like, the idea was that, like, there were they you know it wasn't ai it was just code that automates code for people almost right like you plug a th it's a um 
you'd like plug a thing into your brain or something and it kind of like writes out your thoughts in like you are thinking the code but it gets written it's not it's not like i think a thought put it into my fingers which tippity tap on a keyboard or whatever it's just like a like a kind of a one-to-one -one thing and then that process is how kind of consciousness and ai gets transferred into robots right um because you're because you are th because the the kind of connection from thought to code on the page from a programmer to right like a robot or whatever is is that much closer right it's easier for those thoughts and for those kinds of things to become like i know that this is like like the most pseudoscience thing you've ever heard and i'm sure you're just like oh my god it's not how fucking programming works but just bear with sure, me man no. go this is what creates this is what creates kind of like consciousness and i'm really into that idea right i've actually like I'm real. I've I've watched a whole bunch of stuff. I love the kind of thing where it's just like, oh, we just you know there was just so much that we had written so much code for this AI thing, right? That there were just strings of it or whatever that we couldn't account for, and those random strings interacting with one another is what created you know this robot soul. There's so many different ways you can do this. Well, kind buddy, of, right? this kind have of have I got. A series for you. It's called Ghost in the Shell. Um, <laughs> like, like honestly, you you should you should um, maybe watch the first movie. The second movie is is is, is kind of a trip. Um, and I th I think the first and second season are are uh, the first season uh, the two seasons of the anime and its follow up movie I think are better than the movies overall, but they also don't deal with the same type of issues. So you might not like them as much. This is also a recommendation for Fair all enough. you guys out there. If you if you like this kind of stuff. And you want to see it done well? Watch the watch the animated movies. I I, I don't think they're without their flaws, um, but they're 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 classics at this point. Um, and like and and if if you really want to go crazy, go read the manga. The mangas are like the the, the densest thing ever. Like, um, mm -hmm. uh, I'll actually um, so uh, th there's this guy on YouTube called Digibro. He's he's an anime YouTuber, and he does this whole breakdown of what the different parts are. Um, I'll, I'll link it in the description. If if you if any if anybody's interested, I recommend you watch that and pick up where he is. But but part of what he says is, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, is that the mangas are essentially an, uh, an excuse for the author to do a lot of world building. And there's like tons of like uh, author's notes and like scrawl, like literally like scrawling in the margin as text explaining like you know oh this thing over here it's not actually a light it's a it's a magnetizer to help the the electrons move better or like. Oh my god! So by the way, I eat that kind of shit up. But um, yeah, I think I think this is another place where this movie falls on its face a little bit. Uh, was kind of in the world building, yeah. um, and you know, and it's just God. It's like it's funny because this movie isn't so bad that I can even like laugh at it. Right? Like, I think I could probably put on Suicide Squad when everyone's had a couple of drinks sort of thing, and we could all sit there and make fun of it, you know, here, you know, like, here and there, right? Like, this isn't, like, a Neil Breen kind of bad, even though I think it's relatable in a, in a certain sense to, to you know, like, it, it is quantifiably, you know, bad, and it is around this level of, of you know, it's around this specific level of bad, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, they, it's like they put no effort into this kind of stuff at all, it feels like almost. I don't know, like, man, even Total Recall did this stuff better, and that movie was not great. But like all of the questions about like, are you still in the, you know, like, are you still in the simulation? Are you not in the simulation, right? Like, is this what you paid for when you wanted to like, you know, 
live out this virtual reality action fantasy sort of thing or is this your real life right those though you know they, they deal with those questions it is part of the plot of the movie right spoiler alert everyone fucking knows this of course but it's you know like it's not but like the guy is sitting there and he's questioning his sanity and he's going like oh my god wait is am i still in the machine do I just, can I just unplug at any time sort of thing? And like, and that, you know, that that's an undercurrent and they grapple with that and that's a real thing. And I just felt like none of those kinds of things got grappled with in any real, real terms, right? At the end of the day, it's kind of just like an amnesia movie almost. Um, Cause it's just like, oh, my, my memories, you know, like got, got implanted, right? There's this whole thing where she's, re where, you know, like the, the, the scientist can read her thoughts or whatever and i was just like wow that's actually kind of cool that's actually kind of neat right like can we do anything with this no nope. nah, right <laughs> the the implanted memories in in the truck in the garbage truck driver nothing right you know uh how does she evade hunka for so long how does she take herself off the grid isn't she wired into it you know does she have to go through any process in total recall he had to go through a process to get himself off the grid to stop being hunted by bad guys right like all of these things all of these things um kind of are they're, they're lazy it feels like and they're not detail oriented which is something that i would that i will that i will go to bat for and that i'll reward uh i feel like in in filmmakers right like yeah, you know, I don't think Peter Jackson is the perfect guy. I mean, the Lord of the Rings stuff is all great, but the more and more off the range he gets, the more and more crazy he gets. But he's a very detail-oriented guy, and he's he's the kind of guy that builds out the whole, this whole set to, you know, to Hobbiton, and he wants to give each of the individual dwarves their own look and their own personality because this is how he thinks about this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, right? Like, I will, I, I'm willing to say, right, you should watch these Hobbit movies. There's something special in here, right? Even though they're not, you know, perfect. Um, and that is just, yeah, it's just, there's just nothing special in Ghost in the Shell. And it's just, ah, oh, it's so sad. Yeah. And I really, and, and, it, and the, the saddest part about it, the most disappointing part about it is that I would love to see not even more movies in the terms of like anime, but more movies in terms of this kind of cyberpunk stuff, right? I would love to see a movie, you know, I mean, they're kind of making a Shadowrun movie in Bright. Have you, have you seen like oh, the trailer is that, for Bright? Is that the, uh, the Netflix one? Yeah, it's the next, the Max Landis, Will, uh, Will Smith, yeah, David yeah, Iyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I remember watching that trailer and being like, they're making Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah and like you know and i so i would like to see this stuff you know i would like to see this stuff come up right and i think that when it does come up in a lot of uh in certain places right it can be it can be good um you know but uh this is just this movie was just kind of like bad v for vendetta almost and i don't know why but i kept coming back to that to that film as like my like benchmark for it but it was it was more boringly structured and had less compelling people in it like characters yeah. the actors who are kind of fine i mean scarlett johansson doesn't really have anything interesting to do so she's kind of whatever right like i know she's a good actress but if you don't give her anything on the script i'm not going to really hold that against her sort yeah. of thing um, and i think the guy who did kuze i think kuze and i think bato were great everybody else is kind I of thought Arama i thought okay aramaki was good for what he was written to do i think he was written to do the wrong things but i think he was good for what he was um, Aramaki being the boss guy. I think about Aramaki. Yeah, he's kind of whatever to me. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him at the uh, at the part where he like shoots the assassins almost. Okay. I mean, I you know, but I think I like that moment just because it's a it's a nice subversion of 
that you know this is kind of an act two transition right right Aramaki looks like he's going to get in his car and kind of save the day or whatever, and then he gets assassinated right before that's supposed to happen, and that ups our stakes moving into Act 3, right? The Major and Bato are kind of on their own for this thing, even though Bato isn't even there. Um, uh, but instead of having that happen, they subvert that kind of, like, trope almost and have him kill his attackers and just be like, yeah, man— what up, motherfucker? Come with the king. Best not miss, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was cool, but you uh, know, <laughs> I, uh, oh man, I like, yeah, I, I can appreciate it for that. Even, even if I think the 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 character is is poorly informed, I I, I can appreciate it for that. Um, I would like so so one of the other things that kind of stuck with me, like I think I, uh, they they really tried to make this like. You know, my name is X, and I I do or do not give consent thing, and it, it really didn't stick with me is at that all. A, is that a thing from the anime? No, it's not, not at all. Okay, um, it's pretty stupid. Yes, um, <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Yeah, like, like I, I get what they were trying to do with it, but like, first of all, like the 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 like the, the last one where it's supposed to be like the impactful one makes no goddamn sense at all. Like. Yep. Second, like, uh, my name is Major. Really, like, uh, is her name Major? I thought no. That her was name, her rank? name is, her name is Motoko Kusanagi. Okay, She's known as that. the Major. Um, okay. And you know, I, I thought, I honestly thought that that was that like, in inside of like the dumbness of that plot point, I thought like giving her like a different name and then making her real name Motoko Kusanagi. I thought that was a little bit clever, at least. Right, like you know, I'm like, oh, they changed her name. Like, oh, but her real name, right? Like, you know, I got, I get that. I can, you know, good job working her, 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 her real name into the script, guys. Um, but like, uh, it was just a- a- everything that they they tried new fell flat. <laughs> um, it feels like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I also think that they kind of nestled this in a pretty not great structure, right? You know, person who works for right you know, uh, kind of the law, right? You know, like, you you, you are kind of blindly following this these people, but they're not as, you know, kind of benign as they seem. Uh, sort of plot structure is pretty rote. Uh, and I thought that that was just kind of, like, like, uh, like I kind of get the noirness of it. And, I th- and this is a little bit of what I thought, why it started off so well, right? Because, like, I feel like the these kinds of noir stories have to start on kind of, like, a small detail and then build themselves out a little bit. But then all of a sudden, but they, like, they just, they went at it so weird. Because it's like, as soon as this thing started, well, here's, they, they talk about Kuze, but they don't actually introduce you to Kuze in any kind of real, tangible way or concept. It's not like, oh my god, this bears the mark of... You know, Kuze, who's Kuze? Oh, he's an underground, you know, he's an underground Yakuza hacker who, you know, does X, Y, or Z. He's completely rewritten, you know, the 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 underworld in the city. Why haven't we come in contact with him? But you know what I mean? There was no introduction to him, right? He's just he was just kind of the target and there, and you didn't really understand why, because I I think it was just it was doing that thing where it was depriving you of information to try and create suspense and mystery, but just creating confusion, right? This is kind of like the Marx conspiracy theories plots of movies. If I want to be really mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because, like, it, one of the plot lines that this, this is kind of loosely based on is called The Puppet Master, 
and they call him the puppet master and they're like who's the puppet master it's like he's an american hacker right it's like like literally all those things you just said they do and like they do for this 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 kind of it's not the exact same plot line so it's it, it's not a one-to-one but right. like it's like it's it, it, it's essentially that right like it's like they do those things um uh I don't know. So yeah, I mean, and and you can do that with a regular, you know, you can do this with a regular plot line just fine, right? Introduce introduce us to your villain in the first act, right? Have us understand exactly who he is, what his motivations are, why we're going after him, what he's doing, kind of a thing. Any superhero movie out there does this sort of thing, right? You know, this whole bit on Krypton starts with General Zod and his coup, right? Civil War starts with Daniel Brühl going to the fucking one place and like drowning this guy in his bathroom sink or whatever, basement sink. Right, like, you, if you want to do a standard action movie plot, yeah, fine, right, sure, do that, right? But don't deprive us of this information and then pretend that you're playing to a noir plot line, which is defined by, right, here's a little piece, here's a little piece of, like, here's a little piece of the puzzle that doesn't fit. Why doesn't it fit? Oh, well, okay, here, and then it starts to spider web out from there, and here's all of these characters, but what are their motivations? Why are they doing what they're doing? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Let's figure that out. This is your second act if you're doing noir, right? But they didn't, they didn't do any of that either, right? We all knew from the get-go, I don't know, because it was just, God, it was just like so predictable, I guess, that Honka was going to be the bad guy yeah, yeah, from you know, minute when, one. When, like, when they open up and they're like, this is the future. This is my responsibility. It's the- she's a human. No, she's the future. It's like, oh, oh, I wonder who the yeah. bad guy's gonna be. I know exactly. And I was like, and at first I was sitting there, and I was kind of like, is this supposed to be su- like subtle foreshadowing? Like, you know what I mean? Or, or, or are they establishing? Right? Are they trying to sit down and, and have a villain? Right? And say he, you know, yes, he legitimately thinks that she is his property and she is an object. Right? Because he, you know, saved her life and built her this thing or, you know, whatever, whatever his motivation wants to be. It was just so caught in between those two poles uh, that it never quite, it just never quite materialized and got there. Yeah, but I, I think we've we've bitched about the movie for, for long yeah, enough. Yeah, that's surprising. You and I typically, I feel like we don't agree all that much uh, when it comes to bad things. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I, I think the key here was that, like, I... Like I, I don't know how I would have reacted to this movie if uh if I hadn't been such a big fanboy. Um and, and you know, like I wasn't even that huge a fanboy, but I, I honestly over, over the course of watching all of it I really kinda of fell in love with, with the series. Did you guys see this with anybody else? Uh yes. I saw you, were any of them fanboys? Like were, did you have any other impressions? Nobody saw this movie, like it yeah. tanked a bazillion dollars, but uh no, the the people I saw it with, friends of the show, uh Enoch and Alexio, um they they both like Enoch thought it was terrible. Um, Alexio thought it, it like wow. It, w- w- Enoch, by the way, whose favorite movie is like Rush Hour. No, it, it's white, <laughs> white chicks. <laughs> white chicks. Um, uh, uh, Enoch, what was your favorite part? Uh, the end because it was over. Um, Alexio, uh, Alexio, kind of agreed with me uh, for the most part. Like, um, he also he was like the first thing he said was like was. Scarlett Johansson supposed to be playing like a Japanese woman because she had like the black hair and everything. I was and like you know I think that's got like a grain of kind of like oh maybe they are that stupid, um in in it. But like, uh, I don't know. Like, Man, wow, yeah, I actually could see them be that stupid. Um, like it, it was, it, it, it yeah, no, the. 
the people the people I saw it with didn't think it was very good either. Um, I don't like I I I went and looked at some stuff, and there are people who who thought this movie was great. I don't know how people who are fans of the series, right? Like I went to the Ghost of the Shell subreddit. I looked at some opinions. They're like, "Oh, this is a great adaptation. This is the best anime ap- adaptation we've ever had." I'm like, you know. That might be true, but that's only because there aren't any good anime adaptations. I'm pretty sure that's totally true because there's been one other one that I can think of, I guess, like Dragon Ball Z. I also hear that a lot of them that get produced in Japan are bad, like the Attack on Titan movie is supposedly awful. Apparently the Attack on Titan movie is garbage. I think the the Death Note ones are supposed to be pretty decent. Speaking of animes uh, that, that that are coming to America, so... Um, I actually, I think this is interesting. This is kind of more on the, on the whitewashing topic. Um, I think that, the, like, I think the Death Note thing's a little bit better because they're setting it in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, and there's also uh, somebody pointed somebody somebody I, I was reading on Twitter pointed out if you want to see a death uh, or rather a Death Note with uh, with Japanese actors, go watch the four Japanese movies. Um, you know, it's all right for for people to do something different. And I'm actually really excited for uh, for Willem Dafoe as Ryuk. Like that's like I see. I don't know Death Note at all. I've seen the kind of like the the side by side pictures that t- that people talk about it. Have, have you thing, seen but... a picture of Ryuk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I've like, seen those, and I'm like, yeah, he looks great or whatever. Yeah. But I I just have no sense for Death. You know, Ghost in the Shell. You kind of you can see some images and kind of get what it's about a little bit, or like hear a synopsis. Ghost in the Shell still kind of or sorry, Death Note still kind of eludes me, even if somebody it's like, oh, there's this you should, magical notebook thing. I'm like, it, it, what? It, <laughs> it, it, it's it's it. You know, thirty second pitch. It's uh, it's a story about. A megalomaniac who finds a notebook where if he writes down um, somebody's name, they die, um, and he can like control the circumstances of their death and whatever. And um, and he decides that he's going to build a great society um, by killing all the ne'er do wells um, and anybody who gets in his way. Um, and so it's 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 him versus and the, the other the other main character is L, who is this great detective, you know, in kind of like a Sherlock fashion. And it's it's a, it's a race against time between the two of them to. If, can L stop light before he kind of like unravels everything and becomes uh absolute master of, of the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never heard it with the, the second half of that, but uh, people always talk to you about the fucking notebook. I'm like, okay, well, what's the importance of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's an, I have, I actually haven't finished it. That's, that's when I have to go back and watch in preparation for, uh, I guess it's a, it's a movie that's coming to Netflix. I'm I'm curious to see if if it works out as a movie. I would have I would, I would have rather it have been like a Stranger Things type series, um, just because there, there's a lot of content there. There's a lot oh, of yeah. cool stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff. Actually, in high school, um, we had to do a scene of film analysis for our uh, English class, our senior English class, and I did a scene from Death Note. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's got some cool imagery. Um, guys cast in half light and half shadow that implicates like dual nature or whatever. I remember. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, now that we've gone into other anime, uh, how was your week? <laughs> my week was, uh, shit. What did I do this week? I don't really do that much this week. I, uh, I've been playing just like a ton of mass effect Andromeda. I was very happy with Mass Effect Andromeda. It got even better. 
in my in my the, estimation the, because they patched in goodness. Uh, the, a little bit because they patched in goodness. Like I said before, right? Like the goodness was kind of so sporadic, or like the, the like the really awful stuff was so sporadic. Um, by the way, there was a great video I watched by the Extra Credit guy. Like one of their guys is an animator, and he kind of breaks down how you know games like Mass Effect animate their dialogue cutscenes in order to like make it kind of through the production pipeline efficiently sort of thing and essentially kind of breaks down it's just like yeah i mean like this is they're working in a new new engine their tools aren't as great as they used to be sort of like thing right like but we still expect essentially perfection because we've seen mass effect one two and three right like we're willing to forgive it with mass effect one but we're not here because of whatever else it goes into also a lot of this kind of, also kind of it's published by ea right like this like EA, like i don't know from what i've seen it feels like EA should have given them more time to finish it, right? Like, EA's yeah. the second biggest company, I think, in the world behind, like, Blizzard Activision. Activision Blizzard is number numero uno. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, you know, I, I don't think there's any excuse for... So, I, I think part of this is it kind of feels bad. Like, regardless of how good or bad the game actually is, it right. feels bad because, like, they, 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 they talked like a patch schedule, right? This... Even if it's not, it feels like, like especially from the outside, it feels like an early access game. Like they said, they were gonna patch oh, in. As boy, do I not agree with that? Like, I've seen this. I've seen this, but I think it's more of like a, a kind of rolls my roll my eyes. Look, so I'm, I'm 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 not saying that like, I'm not saying that's necessarily the actual case. What I'm saying is is the way they've laid out like a patch timeline. The fact that some of the things that they they said they're gonna change are like elements of the writing. That feels really weird. Right, like that—that th that feels like, like e even if you know, to, to, you know, I I will believe you one hundred percent when you say the game's actually finished. But it, uh, in, it, what's 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 the old saying? You know, um, the appearance of impropriety is often as bad as actual impropriety. No, definitely, and I think that's by the way what they're reacting to, right? I think the reason that there's a patch schedule here is be kind of becomes the, it kind of becomes because of like the memes spiraled spiraled out of control. Yeah, yeah. Right, like I really, so like my my big thing with Mass Effect Andromeda is that most of it is great, and every once in a while there were these hiccups, right? That Addison, you know, like a couple of places, and and this is why you see the same bits and pieces. Right, the what's her face firing her gun backwards sort of thing, right? But the vast, vast majority of this game is great, right? It is solid as fuck. Um, it is like it doesn't feel like an early access game, and it doesn't feel like a game where like there are more features to come that are missing currently. Um, what's a good example of a game like that? I don't know, but like there have been games that I feel like like major, major features to that game like minecraft come... yeah oh that's perfect right like minecraft right huge features that incredibly redefine how minecraft works as a game came down the line right um and uh, and that and that was because it was in beta for so long right you sort of thing right it, it is not that kind of a thing it's not this is not a beta game it's not an early access game where they're saying okay well now we're you know now we're adding in the full tech tree which was not usable until right this moment right like the full game is there the skeleton is great there's just like these really like awkward blemishes and this is actually by the way why i think it's so easy for them to have fixed so many things in such a quick patch because really 
the end of the day, there weren't that many of them, right? If you have 40 hours end-to-end -end of kind of dialogue cutscenes or whatever, and 39 and a half of them are fine, and 30 minutes of them are problematic, it's a lot easier to just target that 30 minutes and make the, the kind of the big change... Um, than it is to yeah like like that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my perspective the thing that the thing that got me into the thing that I was very impressed with Mass Effect was is I was you know I was leveling I'm not progressing through the main story super fast uh, you you have to progress through the main story to kind of unlock the new planets and everything like that um, to get to new uh, uh, to get to new planets do new things on those planets and everything um, and so I've been progressing the main story in order to unlock those new planets but otherwise been filling out a lot of like side quests and you know doing doing plan I'm really into this planet stuff I don't know why um, but I really quickly found myself going to what uh, to to quickly to level thirty right and I thought level thirty was the level cap because in the kind of crafting section uh to the game your um you have five like you you know you have five versions of a weapon right you have the weapon and then one two three four five and as you progress through it gets marginally better right it weighs a little bit less it does a little bit more damage the accuracy is a little bit better you know whatever else kind of a thing right and uh and as you hit level markers right different of uh, different research unlocks right you can't hit level four weapons until you're level 20 you can't hit level five weapons until you're level 30 and and level five weapons were the cap right if you look in the hud if you look on the screen level five weapons are the cap and i was like holy shit dude level 30 is the cap to this game level 30 was the cap to mass effect 2 right i'm getting points like i'm getting all of these points all of the time and i bet by the time i hit level 30 i'll have a couple of maxed skills right and they'll and they'll you know taper off and i won't be i won't be given the ability to get new skills or anything like that and i was really feeling that because i hate this feeling right when i hit the level cap but i'm still progressing in a game uh in like a big like open world rpg like this but then i hit level 30 and i was like well it's a fucking moment of truth right i'm gonna buy my level five you know research things i'm gonna craft this best in this kind of this gun for me um, there really is no such thing as like a best in slot, almost like weapon, right? Like the guns all have different plays. It's a little bit like Bastion, right? The guns all have different play styles. Another thing that I think is fantastic about this game. Um, it's not, you know, th it's not like Skyrim where things are just linearly better than the other things. It's like, if you bring this weapon versus this weapon, you're making a conscious decision about, yes, I want a medium to long range semi-automatic assault rifle and a very short range, you know, burst DPS shotgun kind of a thing, right? Or whatever else it is. Um, I hit level, I hit level 30. I purchased the level five. Uh, I purchased the level five uh, schematic and it opened up a whole new row of five more schematics that go all the way up to level 80, um, which were six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, right? You just don't see those until you hit that, until you hit that level 30 mark where you unlock the, the new schematic. And I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> you know, there's more to this game. I'm not about to hit the level cap. And then, and now I'm like significantly past that point. I'm like level 37 at this point. And something else I expected, I was just like, okay, cool. Well, this, you know, like I have, I have a whole bunch of skills maxed out, right? Um, part of the game is that you get a lot of skills, but you can only have a couple of loadouts at a time. You only have three skills equipped to your bar, um, you can hot swap them with hotkeys to, uh, to other sets of like predetermined skills if necessary, but doing so places all of your skills on cooldown. So like it's a, it's a, it's not a, it's, it's a decision that if you make it in combat has to be a very 
choice one because you're going to be incurring a big penalty to what you can do for those however many seconds that takes sort of thing. Um, and at first, and so, I, and so I had filled out a couple of skills. I had a couple of different loadouts, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, they're going to dial back how much, how many skills I get um, because, you know, this is typically what happens as you get closer and closer to the kind of end game. It's like, okay, well, we were giving you five and six skills. Now we're going to give you four skills, three skills, two skills on a level up kind of thing. No, they just keep giving you six skills. Every level, boom, six skills, six skills. And it's great because your, your loadout can only have three equipped at a time. And that hot swapping is kind of, um, uh, punished is really the word, right? Because it's punished the way that it is you actually could fill out the entire skill list for this character and still be relatively constrained in your power because you can only have kind of three in combination at a time. But what it does allow you to do, which I think is fascinatingly good design, is it allows you to really specialize your loadouts and kind of say, okay, cool, well, now I have this huge abundance of skills and they're all ranked up and they do a, you know, they do a whole bunch of different things or whatever. So when I walk up to this type of enemy, I'm going to go into profile two. When I walk up to that type of enemy, I'm going to go into profile four, whatever it is, right? You're going to have four different profiles. Um, and I am, and I, and so instead of just kind of like, well, I'm I'm going to make a generalist skill set, right, and and level that level that up as necessary. Maybe I'll get a couple of skills here and there, as you know, if if I need to really like fill out a fill out a weakness in my generalist slot. That was really how I was leveling my skills originally. Now I'm at a point where I have incredibly focused and and uh, and specialized skill sets for each individual scenario and that just feels so good to have uh uh so, so, so question <coughs> excuse me do you, sure. does the um is the difficulty not climb then because it's it sounds like um it, it's if, if you like max out a skill and you can't make it any better how did like it, it, oh. it, it, <laughs> the skills are it, they scale so for so the the enemy scale right, um, but the skills scale too. The skills damage. Uh, so you know so. Oh shit! Did you never play Mass Effect three? Okay, no. so you remember in Mass Effect two, right? You level things up. You know one point and then two points and something and then three points and something. Yeah. Right. Um, and then at four points you could choose between one of two versions. It, in Mass Effect 2, it was almost unanimously, do you want to make this an AoE ability that it hits multiple people, or do you want to make this an inc a single target ability that does a ton of damage to one guy, right? right. Um, in Mass Effect 3, what they did is they bumped that number to six skill levels, right? But it's still progressively, right, level one, you know, one point to unlock, two points for the first upgrade, three points for the second upgrade kind of thing. And those first three skills were all the same, but four, five, and six are all choices, and those choices are not just area or, you know, single target. I mean, sometimes sometimes they are, but there are a wide variety of things, right? You know, for pull, well, do I want to, do I want to add a small dot to my pull, right? So that the guys that are just kind of floating up and being CC'd are, are taking a flat, you know, a certain amount of damage. Um, or do I want to create a, a defense, do I want to give them a 30% defense debuff? Right. So that I can, you know, my, my headshots hit essentially 30% harder. Right. Those kinds of decisions. And you make three of them per skill that you max out. Okay. Um, your, that interaction means that the kind of, uh, that like the scaling 
in the game can happen in a in a couple of different ways right like i have a couple of skills that are tailored specifically to burning through enemy armor there's three like there's shields armor and health right um armor reduces continuous damage uh so if you hit somebody with small machine gun fire you're like like an smg um, the armor will reduce that damage by a flat amount for, it's a little bit like Overwatch, right? So you want to do big heavy hits like with a sniper rifle. Shields are the opposite. Um, big heavy hits are decreased by, a per, by I think it's a percentage. Um, and you, so you want to be peppering them in order, to, in order to take them down. And different abilities do different damage, right? Fire abilities do tons of damage to armor. Electric abilities do tons of damage to shields sort of thing. And so I have, I have different skills and loadouts that are built for these kinds of things. The enemies scale up, though they are... I, I think this is a little bit of me just like mastering the curve. Um, uh, where I'm pretty good at running train on enemies and not uh there was a long time where i was dying a lot uh where i was just getting my like shit kicked in uh but now i'm at the point where because i have a kind of a specialized loadout for any individual situation and sort of trying to like brute force a more generous generalist loadout to work as necessary um i'm having a lot more success all right that makes a lot of sense Man, I I really enjoy this game. I could really gush about this game a lot. I really hope that they don't, you know, they they, they don't uh, uh, kind of uh, fuck with any, you know, like any plans for like a sequel or anything like that. Like, I just love these systems. I would love to play in these systems just a whole bunch. <laughs> makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, have, what have you been doing? Tell me all about tell me all about your week, Arena. What have I been doing this week? Um. I switched coasts for the week, so a lot of time spent doing that. I, I've, uh, I played a bunch of Hearthstone for a couple days, um, with the new expansion that came out. Um, the new cards are neat. Um, I'm also not quite sure which cards are the newest cards and which cards are the are the ones that are new to me because I haven't played in a long time. Okay. Um, I have discovered a new favorite pastime deck or uh, a, new, a new favorite deck for me um there is a warlock card called renounce the darkness which you spend two ma it's two mana um it changes your hero power to a random one and replaces all your warlock cards with uh random other cards um i really enjoy i just really enjoy that that card what a well-designed card yeah and 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 all of those cards cost one less it's kind of makes up a bit for the fact that you don't actually have a cohesive deck anymore. Um, right. So, I play... I, I, it, it is a silly deck, um, um, but I, I essentially try and draw for this card, and then I throw it, and then I play with whatever garbage I, I, I pull. Um, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have a great win rate, but I... <coughs> excuse me. I, I really like the challenge. I also really like... When I get, like, a most of it, they're like, wow. When I, like, pull out great cards, I'm like, yes, I am. The first time I played the deck, too, um, there's a uh, there's a warrior card called Discover on Goro where it replaces your entire deck with one-cost cards that say, that say Discover a card. Um, okay. So, uh, so like, I, like, I pulled that out of my, my, uh, my rando, so um, it, was, it was actually purely random. I, I, I should go craft that card and play a warrior deck based around that because it's a lot of fun um I, I i love these kind of like random bullshit things um 
Are you having any success on the ladder? Um, not. I'm uh, very limited. I'm up to rank 22 after like 20 games played, which is far too many to go up three ranks. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I have rebuilt. They have put in some more toy stealer cards for priests. Um, there's not as many of them, I think, overall, but there's still enough for me to have fun with it. Mm. So I, I play a little bit of my toy stealer. Um, that's doing well for me. Um, uh, there's like a there's like a one cost potion that temporarily steals a, a creature with attack two or less. Um, there's also a potion that, um, well, for one, you decrease the attack of all uh, all enemies by three. So that combos mm. great with a lot of these kind of like steal low power things cards i don't know it's uh it's it's uh it's a romping good time how many how many of the new cards have you bought have you bought any i haven't bought so they um they moved a bunch of cards out of out of uh the the kind of base set including like sylvanas um and a couple oh i i heard about that yeah i know yeah and Um, like azure drake and stuff yeah so i got a bunch of dust off of that so i've just been crafting the stuff i want um, I got three, you get three, I got three free packs for locking in. So I've been using those cards. And I've been, I've, I've got like 3,600 dust off of, uh, all, all, off of, uh, off of my refunds. And so I haven't, I haven't built any, I haven't pulled anything really big. Like I haven't made, uh, crafted any of like the epics mm-hmm. or not the epics, the uh, legendaries. I've crafted a couple epics, but, um, because of that, I'm kind of still swimming in dust. I haven't had to buy anything yet. Um. But Fair yeah. Enough. yeah, I mean, you know, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the only time I've regretted the amount of money I've spent on a video game was Hearthstone. Uh, I put a ton of cash into League of Legends, um, but I don't, I didn't mind that. I mean, if you divide, right, like the amount of time I played that game by the amount of cash I put in for it, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous anyway, but... Um, yeah, man, fucking uh, God, just Hearthstone was, but but now that um, <clears throat> now that the uh, Argent Crusade one is out, the Argent Tournament set is off. I just kind of like feel like I never would come back to. Oh, uh, why? Because that was like your favorite set. Yeah, it was my favorite set. I, there were just a bunch of cards in there I really liked, and I and I thought were and you know and I you know um, like I had Varian Rin in that one, and like Control Warrior was really fun because of a bunch of cards that were in that in that deck. Uh, I don't know if Control Warrior will still be fun. Uh, I think you could always cards like that out of it. I don't know. We'll you could see. always play Wild or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. It's, it's it's a fun thing to distract me from time to time. I don't I don't think I'll go get get hardcore back into it. Um but it's it's a way to pass the time while I have a less powerful computer. Um Would you say that you were hardcore into it? I I was there was definitely a period of time where I was playing a lot. Like um like a lot a lot. Like there was a, there was a period of time where I I had an outstanding bet with a couple friends about who would be the the first to legendary. Um, and two of us, there were three of us and two of us quit. Um, and then like three months later, the third guy managed to finally get there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I put a, I put a lot, I put a lot of time, effort and money into it. Um, especially, um, when, so the big thing was like two years ago, I went on a big trip, uh, two week trip to Asia. And while I was there, 
if I was bored, I'd just be like, ah, 20 more packs. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I got just like the, the, uh, like the primal Skinner boxiness of it is just so addicting. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm glad I missed it, but there was a part of me that was like, maybe I should buy 50 packs or $50. Um, and just open a bunch of them because packs, um, I'm actually experiencing this a little in the real world. Uh, my roommate, uh, Charles, who, who plays Alaric on a, on a, the, uh, fucking like Hell's Hell's Rebels, yes. Um, he's gotten big back into Magic, and so we've been playing some Magic, and uh, we did like a sealed draft. Um, and so I've gotten I've gotten my pack lust out that way. Um. So yeah, that's that's been my week. Fair enough. Yeah, I haven't really been doing anything else. I mean, like WoW is WoW is happening. WoW is a little bit like you know, uh, in the in the kind of ebb and flow of me playing. WoW. Oh, wait, shit! Have I talked about Iron Fist on the podcast? Uh, I don't think so. I finished Iron Fist. It's awful. It's really bad. It's the worst. It's it is the worst thing. Marvel has put out things that I think are not great uh, and flawed, but I don't think it's ever put out anything bad before. Iron Fist is the first thing that is just straight up legitimately super bad. No one should watch it, even for the defenders. It's awful. It was such a you know I don't like I don't I, you know I don't like Daredevil season one, and it's I don't think it's great. But at least there was like some good stuff. Like yeah, Wilson Fisk was great. Daredevil, you know Charlie Cox, right? He's he's awesome. He's on point, sort of thing, right? I think the story structure is pretty. Uh, is pretty wonky, and I think that there's a whole bunch of dead characters in there uh, who are kind of just not pulling their weight and are really annoying and 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 really boring and fill time when they shouldn't be. But right, but like at the end of the day, you know, like there's good stuff. There's stuff. There's stuff to fight for in Daredevil, and I think it's you know, I think it's worth someone's time, right? Um, Iron Fist, man. Oh man, is Iron Fist not worth your time? Um, it is. It is, I don't even, I don't even know how to sum it up besides, like, they took Iron Fist and they read everything about Iron Fist that they could. And they thought to themselves about what would be a good kind of story to tell with a character like Danny Rand in Iron Fist. And they came up with the two absolute worst answers possible right it's not a wuja kung fu movie right or show sorry show um you know it's right like uh the the marco polo show for netflix is very much like this by the way um it is it is not a you know it's not a kind of uh hip happening throwback almost to kind of 70s era Right, like upbeat but grounded superhero comics. Um, it is just Danny Rand being like, he's kind of like that. The, he's kind of like that, like hipster douchebag who tr- who tries to tell you that, like, oh, like uh, the standing desk is just so much better for your back. You really shouldn't be sitting in that chair. Kind of like patronizingly and like condescendingly. He's like that guy who like talks about Asia who like talks about like Buddhism and calls himself a Buddhist but can't really explain Buddhist philosophy to you if you ask him a question about it he's like that guy and it's just the worst it is the worst he is the worst 
It is the worst. I think the defenders might be bad just based off of this and some other stuff. Um, if, if anybody's been keeping up with the, all of the Marvel shows, it's kind of like they've taken all of the, all of the kind of uh, loose ends that get left that you imagine are going to be picked up for the defenders um, are the worst parts of each individual show. I think. Well, so that sounds promising. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that it really sucks how bad Iron Fist is. I like Iron Fist a lot. He's in, he's in a lot of, uh, Avengers comics and he's like, he's always a very fun, upbeat kind of guy, right? Like he's not a big carrier, carrier of the team's drama. He's a big release for it. Uh, he's a little like, you know, he's a little like Spider-Man in that, in that sense. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's fucking, that's my, that's my thoughts on things. There, there we go. Yeah. That, yeah. There. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have time for, um, unless you had anything else you wanted to promote. Nope, I'm good. Well, if you want to tell us what you think about Iron Fist or Ghost in the Shell or Mass Effect Andromeda, you can email us at somederpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can watch us at twitch.tv slash derpsplaygames. You can uh, rate us on iTunes, five stars, please, um, or whatever you think is appropriate, but five stars would be very much appreciated. Um, you can comment on SoundCloud. Um, you can... Uh, tweet us you can comment on our Facebook page we read it all we love it um, please please do all the links will be in the description um, I think that's about it um, until next time dear listeners until next time loyal listeners <laughs>